Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your Business Power Hour, where international public speaker, best-selling author, and executive coach, Orly Amor, will help you build the ultimate power toolbox for your business and increase your bottom line. Here is your Business Power Hour host, Orly Amor. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. This is Orly's Business Power Hour. It is a power hour because I will be bringing guests on this show that are powerhouses, mentors, and public figures to help you get to your maximum potential, both personally and professionally. I believe in paying it forward, so I created the Health and Wellness Network of Commerce, and we are now in, uh, we have about 12 or 15 chapters now in six states and four countries. Super excited. At the Health and Wellness Network of Commerce, our mission is to provide a platform for health and wellness professionals, practitioners, and resources to be introduced to corporate professionals, providing a sustainable support system for both. Our mission is to support and enhance your sustainable business. If you want to know more about this amazing network, just visit our website at www.hwncc.com. That is www.hwncc.com. And this evening, I am so excited to introduce to you one of uh, my newest friends, and I think I can call him a friend. <laughs> um, his name is Ken Rashan. He is with the Umbrella Syndicate. And uh, Ken has authored 10 books and published over 40 books. He has helped over 500 artists, authors, causes, entrepreneurs, musicians, speakers, and leaders to amplify their message using leveraging techniques. And he is a guru. I'd like to say that because they say that an expert is somebody who has done something for 10,000 hours or more. And he is that definitely in social media to create epic viral campaigns. Welcome to the show, Ken Rashawn. Well, thank you, Orly, and you better call me a friend or I'm going to hang up right now. <laughs> You see, that's what I love about you. You make everything fun and interesting, and uh, I'm I'm very honored to have you on the show. This is great. So, um, you know, why don't you? Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you know why you got started in all this and why exactly the Umbrella Syndicate? I think I know the story. I just want it for my audience. Okay. Well, thank you. First of all, I wanted to give a shout-out, a big praise and appreciation to Joyce Nelson because without her, we wouldn't not only know each other, but we wouldn't have this radio show right now. So I I love Joyce. She's a connector. She's a a caring person, and she puts powerful people together. So that's the first thing I wanted to do, start off with that, because the Umbrella Syndicate spawned off of a company called Perfect Networker, and that's where I met Joyce Nelson. And the, uh, the idea of Perfect Networker was in the real true world of perfectness, it would be a world of love. It would be a world of giving. So the perfect networker was someone that met somebody and actually cared about uh, giving value to them, uh, taking care of them, connecting them, being selfless about it. And through those acts of uh, kindness and love, they would actually be taken care of for themselves. So uh, the perfect networker did not work out because uh, there were there just wasn't enough uh, money or partners in the technical world to build a platform as powerful as Facebook. So my second company in, in this realm – was the Umbrella Syndicate, and I chose Facebook as the platform because it was uh, obviously the largest platform. It was the best-funded platform. But the uh, I guess the, the question you're asking is why, and 
it was because I was a, a caretaker of my mom. She had Alzheimer's. And for three years of taking care of her with my dad, I obviously had a lot of confusion in my life. Uh, when you're losing someone that is probably your biggest fan, you have to ask God, why is this happening to me? What am I supposed to take from this? Uh, what which would you have me do? Uh, and it really is really something that took over a year for me to understand how powerful the message I think God had for me, which was, are you living a life of purpose? And when I looked at my life, I really didn't have a, a positive answer for it. I couldn't say, you know, being an entrepreneur and having businesses and doing these lovely things to create abundance for myself, I don't know what kind of purpose I'm really creating in the world. So in, in being very honest with myself, I decided to dedicate myself to one year of uh, a tribute to my mom to help any philanthropy organization or any leader that had a good message for free, just for one year, and I would donate an hour of my photography services, an hour of my social media um, time, as well as travel. So it was about a total of three or four hours a day. And at the end of a year, I had done 330 events absolutely for free, but I put the Umbrella Syndicate on the map. It was a a company to be reckoned with, and I, I guess it, it just goes to show you that you are able to, just by giving to others, create abundance for yourself. Totally. Um, Dr. Ivan Meisner says it too. You know, givers gain. It's just the way it is, right? It's you gotta give first and, and, and it'll it'll come back tenfold. I, I And it's and, it's lucky it works that way. Because you and I would be out of business, you know, if it didn't work that way. <laughs> yes. I mean it's, it's funny to say that, but the world would be a very corrupt world if all it was was about taking. I agree. I totally agree and I live it and breathe it, so I am with you there. <laughs> So, Can I interject one more thing? Can I interject one more thing? Sure. There's, yeah, there's a gentleman, uh, Bob Berg, who wrote a book called The Go-Giver. And The Go-Giver, oh, I, did yeah. the same experiment. But I did that experiment for a year, too, but I did it uh, like when I started Perfect Networker. And, and the idea was just not to go to events to find out what I could give, but just to find out what I could give. And that's why I felt very confident with uh, doing this event uh, donation for a year. And the reason I wanted to acknowledge Bob Berg is because any of your listeners that uh, want to take this on, it is – an amazing efficiency that happens in your life when you're not going out to take or get and you're going out to give. What happens is I, I, I find that you are not doing a one-and-done deal. So in other words, Orly, if all I did was talk to you and say what I could get out of this relationship or what I need from this relationship, then it would be really a one-and-done because you would either get very tired very quickly or you would just see through the transparency of it not being a healthy relationship. So because – we had this mentality. Our first conversation we had, I believe, was planned for like a half hour and it ended up being like a full hour where we snapped our fingers and went, okay, I can't wait to talk to you again because we were talking about all the ideas of how we could contribute to each other's success. Yes. So Bob Berg is one of my friends and definitely a friend. So if you mention my name, he's not going to go, who? He's going to say, <laughs> oh, I love Orly. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I read his book uh, and I have uh, and I bought many of his books to give away because the go-giver was an, a perfect example of what not to do and how to change the mindset of taking into giving and how it beca- and, and noticing opportunities as they come and not take them for granted. And I, and I really, uh, so one of those, those laws is the law of reciprocity, so we don't have to worry about it. Once we give, something somehow will come back to us, and that's all we got to believe in, it will come back. So I'm glad you read that book too. This is great. Okay, so I I'm sorry. I, I you know like as a host, uh, 
most of my listeners and my and my um and my guests usually say, "Oh my God, you're so like just uh, you're being yourself on the show." And I have to be because I can't change who I am. Um, I want to give as much to my listeners. So let's jump right into it because uh, you teach you teach about more effective marketing social media techniques designed to gain more exposure and awareness, uh, leading to leads and conversion. And um, what tools do you use to amplify a message? And exactly how do you know that somebody has a message? So I don't know if which question you want to answer first, but go ahead. Well, first of all, I, I would like to answer the last question about the message. So if I don't resonate with the message, I, I, I'm harsh, and I, I really cannot take my time to amplify a message I don't believe in, but I also want them to challenge themselves to have a, a message that's more clear. So... The first thing you want to do to create a, a powerful message or a message that has purpose is you want to identify keywords and you want to make sure they're very clear so that when you say that message, people get it right away. And when you have a powerful message, that's half the battle. The other half of the battle is distributing that message so people hear it. And that's where I come in or that's where the umbrella syndicate comes in. So the way we amplify a message, let's say, um, for instance, your event that you had last week. Your event last mm-hmm. week, if you notice the photos were up the following day, for our listeners will not know what week it was, so yeah, let's just talk about the yeah the health and wellness expo. The health and wellness expo in Manhattan. We had okay. obviously a phenomenal message. The message was wellness. The uh, message was uh, positive energy. The message was leadership, and it was also uh, creating uh, thriving businesses through collaboration. So those are all wonderful messages, and it was very easy for me to resonate with that message. And because the message was so powerful, I was able to invite a very powerful person to your event, and we, are, we know I'm talking about Wendy Lipton-Dipner, and she, she's a, a very you know, high-valued speaker and leader. She, she commands a very large salary to be a part of things, and when I told her to trust me that this is where she wanted to be, she flew out, I believe it was from L.A., but I know is is somewhere in the West Coast area, to be at your event because when she talked to you on the phone and she obviously had taken my recommendation, she knew that that was where she was supposed to be, and that's that's really the power of how your message <clears throat> resonated with me, but also how it resonated with other powerful people. Yeah, and I'm so appreciative of that. Thank you so much. It was uh, a blessing, and uh, and I made another new friend, so I'm really excited. <laughs> um, so I'll answer, have... I'll answer the I'll answer the part B of that because you you asked me like how we do that. So that was the first part, like the message part. The second part is. If you leverage a message with an audience that's like-minded and like-hearted, they will actually go to work to make sure that message gets out in the world. And I'll give you an example. If you have 100 people in a room and they're being photographed together and they're happy and they're getting so much value out of an event, and you say, hey, these photos will be up tomorrow and you are welcome to not only you know, take them, but we encourage you to share them and, and share how you felt about the event. What happens is those 100 people actually cause a factor of 100 times. So you're looking at potentially 10,000 people mm. seeing, hearing, experiencing an event that they weren't even at. So that's the power of social media. And that is a viral campaign that's also distribution. So that is what we deem amplification to kind of complete the, uh, the question you asked. You know, I, I want to go back to the Umbrella Syndicate because I know that the story was also about seven or six or seven, six um platforms that you help with. So can we talk about that before we go on break? Like, how was that formed? So that people yeah, know that you're not 
one thing? Because you're not doing one thing. You do the photography, you have Facebook. What else? Well, the 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 issue was that I had uh, I was kind of a Renaissance guy. I love the arts. I love the sciences. So I developed my favorite companies through my favorite you know hobbies and habits. So I love photography. I love events. I love promotion. I love social media. I love publishing books. So all all those things put together added up to six companies. And I talked to a friend of mine who was a technical wizard, and I said, you know, I just wish I could put all six of my companies under an umbrella. And he said. I have a name for you, the Umbrella Syndicate, and I'm not kidding you. He said it in two seconds. And so the companies actually work in harmony or in concert for okay. someone that needs promotion. So if you have a book that you're launching, you could have it done through the publishing. You can have it done through the social media. You can have it done through, the obviously, the event um, development of the launch. So there's a lot of components to it. And those companies work together better now because they're under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. That is such a good story. I love it. That's why I wanted you to say it. It's, and and what it shows also is the the uh, see, seizing the opportunity and not limiting yourself to to one way of doing things or another. It's just being open and look what you've created because of that mindset. So that's awesome. What? Um, so we have a couple more minutes. Let me ask you this: um, What is your brand's overall purpose? Um, you, coming from your experience, what would you say it is in layman words? Uh, our brand's layman term, uh, even though amplify is not a layman term, if you think about it from a stereo, if you have a song that you love to play and you amplify it, that means the crowd could enjoy the same thing you're hearing on your headphones. So we want to amplify good messages, and that means that we want to impact the world by showing the world uh, great leadership, great messages, and great events. When a book is great, but it doesn't have amplification, it's just another book. But when it has amplification, it can be a, a number one bestseller in the New York Times. And same with a blockbuster movie. A blockbuster movie is simply a great movie that's been distributed or amplified. So I know the power of dis- distribution. And you, your event that you had, uh, the Health and Wellness Expo, when that reaches t- so many people, what happens is the next time you have this event, more people know about it, more people want to be a part of it. And, and so you win the, the vendors win, the people that attend win. So distribution changes whether something's successful or not. And that's the, that's the reason that this mission is so important because you do not want great leaders to fade away or great authors to fade away because they don't have distribution. And, and that's, just, that's, that's the shame of it is that someone that is a phenomenal writer and could be a, a phenomenal author in the world, if their book is not received by the world or, or marketed correctly or distributed correctly or amplified, what happens is that book becomes a frustrating stockpile of books in a, a closet, and the author will say, I guess I failed as an author, and they'll quit. And so many people quit because their talent is not actually exposed correctly to the world, so the world can't receive it. All right. Well, um, let's go on break, and then we will um, – We for those of you who joined us late, we are talking to Ken Rashan, and I will be – uh, talking more about him in just a couple of seconds. Okay, we are back. We are talking to Ken Rashan from the <clears throat> Umbrella Syndicate. Ken's primary focus is supporting great leaders. His company, the Umbrella Syndicate, reaches an average of 40,000 people a week on Facebook, and he helps over 800 pages grow using amplification strategies associated with campaigns and events. This page has over 100,000 clicks and engagements a week, making it one of the most active social media pages in the world. 
oh, my God, Ken, this is just amazing, right? This is what we're talking about, amplifying your message, getting it out, of the power of distribution. This is what you're helping everyone with. So um, let's just go right into it and, and let people know how to reach you, number one. Well, our favorite, our favorite place is Facebook. We like uh, people to go to the, the Umbrella Syndicate on Facebook. Obviously, the dot-com is our website, and uh, those are probably our, the two best places. I will say the, the danger of email, because we have a lot of people that try and connect us through email, is uh, I think email is a very tricky communication tool. It's become like the spam uh, way of communicating. It's become the overwhelming uh, location of where lots of communication can be dumped. So I would actually just like to take a little tangent and advise people that whenever you want something that's very, very important in your life or you want to give something very, very important in your life through email, I highly encourage you to text the person or use some other form of communication to let them know that that email exists. I probably get three or 400 emails a day, and I uh, unintentionally offend probably you know, three or four percent of my my network because they say, I emailed you three months ago and I never heard back from you. And it's not that I'm too busy. It's that there's just no documentation the email exists because really if a, a communication is important, I want to receive it. I'm not too busy to receive a, an important communication. So that little tangent is really more of a perfect networker uh, tip I would give about making sure your communication is powerful. When you and I talk, Orly, I really appreciate the fact that you will mention her in a text, you'll mention her on the phone, you'll do a voicemail just saying, hey, I, I just want to let you know I sent something very important over to you and I need you to take care of that and you give me a deadline so I can put it on my calendar. And we've been able to make a lot of things happen in a very short period of time. So I just want to acknowledge you for that. Well, thank you so much. Yes, I, I believe that, you know, technology is technology. People take it for, uh, you know, for granted or uh, because I sent an email, it's obviously there. I don't know how many times it also happens, but the emails that I send go into people's uh, spam box or, or on, on Gmail, they go into promotions for some reason. So if people don't have a habit of checking those things, then they should not take this for granted. And if they didn't get what they wanted or they need to communicate better, they need to text or, or call. Calling is still available, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. You know? <laughs> uh, people go to texting so much that they forget that they can actually use the phone, right? Um, <laughs> I like to make a joke out of that. Um, that was a nice tangent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, you know. It's just <laughs> well, you, you send some of the most important emails anyone could ever want to receive. I mean, you're sending emails about not only your events on land, but your events at sea. And if you don't get an, uh, an email that's crucial uh, to be filled out for your uh, networking experience at sea, you might actually find you can't get on the ship. So I, I, you do it the right way. You make sure that your emails are not only read, but that people understand them. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, what is your aim to achieve? Uh, to be your aim to achieve with social media? What is really what your goal? What is your goal? <clears throat> well, my goal with social media is that our page becomes uh, a bit of a USA Today for what's happening good in the world. And uh, as you know, newspapers and, and so many uh, t television news programs, they have just a gluttony of, of unrelevant information or slanted uh, information or just negative information. And I want to show the world that there are people that are doing some really great things on all levels, on local levels, on uh, national levels, on international levels. We are not an international company, but I believe by next year we will be. And uh, as just a tangent, 
if your listeners are in the, the business of being a small business, I will tell you that it's it's an interesting game there. But I, I took a really big leap of faith, and last year I went uh, to Wendy Lipton Dipner's event in January of last year in L.A. I hopped on a plane and said, God, you know, please please show me how I can make what I'm doing in the DMV, which is the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Show me how I can duplicate this. Show me how my company can be scalable. And if it's not, then I'll stay where I where I am and continue to build it. But I didn't build a company that's so purpose-driven to help world leaders by staying in my backyard. So right now I'm a faculty member at CEO Space. I'm in L- Las, Ve- uh, Las Vegas right now. And I speak two times this week. I speak one time on behalf of CEO Space. I mean, that's the biggest honor to be a mm-hmm. faculty member. So all the faculty members here are speaking on their specialty. I get to speak on my specialty and I get to speak on behalf of CEO Space from a standpoint of uh, my first class was yesterday, and I teach the people that are here at CEO Space International how they can benefit from using social media while they're here for a whole week and mm-hmm. how they can connect and make better connections through social media by actually playing on the uh, CEO Space International page. Would it be okay if I just give a little shout-out to CEO Space real quick? No, I know. I know, Bernie, of course. <laughs> well, not, not only Bernie, but just what CEO Space is about because it, oh, it really sure. reinforce, it reinforces Bob Berg's message. It reinforces what you and I believe in. So right. CEO Space International is a forum that happens five times a year, and you pay a little bit of a, a dear price for the first entrance uh, membership, but you certainly get your value because you're being put in touch with obviously like-minded and like-hearted people, but leaders that are faculty members uh, that have led very large companies, uh, Fortune 100 companies, Fortune 500 companies, and these people graciously give you for one week their time on a one-on-one basis uh, at, at each meal table. You can spend an hour and a half brainstorming and sharing what you're trying to do with your business. And I was told something that I didn't, be- I couldn't believe that it was true, and it was do not bring only one problem your business has because that problem will be solved the first day. Bring like five to ten <laughs> problems that you mm. anticipate experiencing or what you could experience and bring them all because you'll be blown away by how many solutions are not only provided here, but how many connections you make that actually create those solutions. So CEO Space is actually where I solidified my relationship with Wendy Lipton Dipner because she became a faculty member late last year. And so we were able to hang together a lot. And so we created new opportunities. And a lot of people come to CEO Space and all of a sudden, there's this reconnection to all this power and, and all these leaders. So the conversations continue where they left off some two or three months ago. And I find that to be quite an interesting phenomenon is that there's just so much energy here that people come back four or five times a year because they can come back and continue a conversation or take on their big next problem. And I call CO Space International a game-changing experience. So if you're in a game and you want to get to another game, a much higher level game, CO Space has that ability and the, and the technology and the instruction to help you get to that next game probably as effortlessly and mistake-ridden as possible. And as you know, early when you're making mistakes, sometimes it costs you your business. So having this type of advice not only prevents you going out of business, but it, 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 it almost is an unfair advantage you have in a competition because you're getting people's advice that they know what they're talking about. They know how to go into your business and see exactly what's going wrong with it, and then you don't have that problem anymore. Absolutely, and um, I definitely can vouch for CEO Space. I have uh, many friends who are uh, faculty members from CEO Space and many people that have also attended uh, many times, and um, 
I was introduced to CEO Space over 10 years ago, and uh, I have not been able to make it still, but I will definitely, that's one of my to-do list things is to go to CEO Space just to experience it. Um, another hey, thing Orly, is... May I, may I interject? Sorry if I'm being rude. I would like no, to not. invite you. I'd like to invite you in December that we have your radio show in December at CEO Space, and Wendy will be here, I'll be here, and you'll be able to reconnect with all your faculty friends. So I'm inviting you and hoping that you'll take me up on that. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. So um, one of the things that you mentioned is how to get the Umbrella Syndicate to be international or global. Well, just being a part of my world, you are, because the Health and Wellness Network is already in four countries and opening two more. So when we have launches and big events in those countries, um, you're invited to come to uh, cover those events and help us grow that part. So you're you're international. You can say it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. it. We're done. That, problem solved. All right. Solved. See you okay. later. This is this is fantastic. <laughs> what more could I ask you for? Know, I, I was I was reading something about what what is social media blood pressure, so that's I I find that expression to be adorable, so and I don't know if you can call blood pressure adorable, but this is very 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 cool. To explain. I think blood pressure is adorable when it's healthy. I don't think it's adorable when it's not. That's for sure. So okay. when I do speaking when I do speaking engagements, I say uh, kind of as a little joke, I say. What if you heard your blood pressure was 100 and the audience is silent because they're waiting for the other number? Because we always use two numbers to uh, to express blood pressure. And without going into a science uh, background of what blood pressure is, the, the idea is that those two numbers have to be healthy. If one number is bad, then you're actually in bad health. Well, social media blood pressure is very much the same uh, indication. If you are very popular on, uh, on Facebook or Twitter or any social media platform, that's one number. The other number is really your buzz, your cool um, aspect, like how relevant you are to the world right now. So let's uh, say that you have, um, let's say you have 300 likes and you have 1,000 people talking about your page. Well, that's incredible for the buzz. Your buzz is amazing, but you're not really that popular. You only have 300 people that like you. And if you go the reverse route of saying you have 10,000 likes, but you only have, let's say, 30 people talking about you, you have the opposite issue. You have a lot of people that obviously like you and you were popular, but you were. It was past tense. You are not uh, popular anymore. And people don't typically spend their time going back and unliking pages, so you become a dead page. And a lot of pages are dead because they don't keep their page relevant. They don't keep their page powerful. And what we do at the Umbrella Syndicate is we create campaigns so that your page is constantly being brought back into the, the relevancy and also the, uh, the viral campaigns that we can initiate from these events. So, for instance, Orly, I'm, I was so excited to be a part of your Health and Wellness Expo because Wendy actually got a lot of traffic and, and viral uh, aspects to her new book, Focus on Impact, because of your show. And your show will be held by her book initiative to have more people learn about you and your, your, your expo. But the other thing that's cool is my audience has really been become aware of you through a digital flyer that we keep posting about a cruise that admittedly most of them don't know what to do with it. They've never heard of the cruise before. They don't know what my you know response or reaction to the cruise is because I haven't been on your cruise before. But now with the cruise happening uh, next week, being in Bermuda, I know 
that people have seen me at your expo. They'll see the digital flyers have been posted a lot. They see that we're having a great time on the cruise. We're getting big cruise. You will then have fans. And that's the idea of a campaign. A campaign is changing uh, the world's perception of not knowing about something to being aware of it and then taking them from being aware of it to what I call six frequency hits of consistency so that they keep seeing that you're a powerful leader, that you give value to people, that you have integrity, that you um, understand and knowledge and you're knowledgeable about what you are doing in your life. After six times, what happens is people actually start buying in. They, they convert, and that's called conversion. Uh, and that conversion might be as simple as them liking your page, which is uh, acting as a, a testimonial or an endorsement of you. They're also showing they're a fan. But the, uh, the, um, the conversion can also be other aspects, like I want to sign up for your expo or I want to go on your next cruise. And, you know, the more value you're asking people to invest in, the smaller the conversion is, but the more validity and uh, social proof we're able to create that everyone that does your expo, everyone that does your cruise is getting value, the more that conversion is increased because of the social proof uh, component. Well, this is certainly informative uh, in the sense that people need to understand the power that is behind posting and the the power that's behind the amplification of what you do. And because of that, I really would like people to know that you are offering something today for people who want to reach out to you. And um, you want to tell them about that, the amplification package? I am offering any one of your audience to send me $1 million. $1 million <laughs> they can send me. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. That's a different offer. Okay. Um <laughs> Uh, because so many people have like pages that are uh, have bad social media blood pressure, their their buzz is not working. They're they're not creating a campaign, and they're actually frustrated to the point that they may have given up on their like page. I am offering that any of your audience that is in the leadership, author, speaker, doing something that is a more purpose driven or has a great message, I will help them for one month uh, through you, Orly. That. Uh, their page will actually get the attention it's supposed to get, and they'll get a plan on how to keep that page active. Wow. Did you guys hear that? Wow. Unbelievable. So the value is at least $500. I know that for a fact. And so um, for those of you who are just joining us, we are speaking to Ken Rashawn from the Umbrella Syndicate. Our topic today is Are You Ready to Get Your Message Amplified? We have been learning so much from Ken about going viral and in, in, in amplifying our message, but doing it in the right way. And since we are back now, we are going to be asking Ken to help us with the number one mistake people make when posting on Facebook. Okay, well, before we do that, when I gave that um, great value, and it is about $500, I just want to say, when you said wow, I was expecting you to say wow, factor. Because that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. I want to give a tip to your audience. Remember how I was talking about emails um, yes. and, and how that communication can be dangerous? Well, there's an, another tip I want to give your audience is that if you can find something you do in your business that has value and that you're so confident that if people were to taste it, try it, enjoy it, that they would come back for more, I can't emphasize enough how – successful the Umbrella Syndicate has uh, become as a result of doing what I call the ice cream approach. So the ice cream approach is 
if I'm explaining social media to somebody, it's probably either one going over their head or it's not landing correctly because it's a very intangible, misunderstood medium. And oh. it, it's, it's also complex. So unless I'm willing to give people a chance to try what we're doing for them, i.e. creating abundance and uh, an ROI value and some type of marketing campaign, why would they you know, jump on the phone or you know, write me the dreaded email or connect me on Facebook and say, hey, I'd like to just go ahead and buy your service because you were so impressive on the radio. It's, it's not really a practical way of doing business when you're selling something that is very misunderstood. So I tell people when they're trying to sell me, if you can let me try it, I like it, I'll buy it. So I just want to let you know that what I am doing has two steps to it. One is I'm letting people try and I'm proving that it's valuable. And if they want to have a second conversation about, hey, what would it cost to continue doing this? Or um, based on the value you give me, I, I am curious how much it would cost to uh, create a campaign. And I say that from a standpoint of not being salesy. I say that from a standpoint of you're either doing something in the world that is so amazing that you can be confident about it and just give it away. And I love when companies go to uh, convention centers and their trade shows and they have something that they're actually doing they can give away, not the, not the candy not the thing that's a, promo, a promotion, uh, promotional item that has no relative uh, aspect or value of what they're doing. So we really do like to give our books away. We really do love to give our services away because I just don't know another way for people to experience us. So you were asking about the myth. My tangents go a little while, but I, I'm passionate about them. <laughs> so um, you were asking about the, the, the myth of how people use social media and what they might be doing incorrect. And people yeah, have the a, number um, one myth. So the number one mistake people make is a very valid mistake. They post their content on their personal page because more people will see it. And I can't dispute that isn't true. I mean, that is that is 100% true that if you say, I am having a health and wellness expo or I just launched this book, if you put it on your personal page, it will get more reach and more, um, more of an algorithm shift than if you put it on your like page, i.e. your business page. So let's be clear. A like page is a business page. It has statistical insights and analytics that allow you to know who you're communicating with or who is following you, why they're following you, et cetera. So the mistake of putting this on your personal page is that you're never giving your business page any content. So your business page continues to die and be uh, not relevant and basically worthless. So the secret on how you can get the best of both worlds is you post that you have your health and wellness expo or your book coming out or whatever it is that's important business-wise on your like page, and you share it on your personal page. And that sounds so simple that you would wonder why people don't do that. Well, it's because it doesn't really make logical sense. If you put it on your personal page and it gets all kinds of traffic and you put it on your like page and it gets no traffic, you would think that that wouldn't be smart to do it that way. But let me explain why it works so well. When you put it on your like page and it doesn't get any traffic, when you share it to your personal page, it does get traffic, so it sends that traffic to your like page. And that's why it works so beautifully. Your like page gets the receiving end of fans, awareness, and engagement, and buzz, and your personal page is not doing business. It's actually sharing business. How do you like Uh, that? I love it. The one thing that, you know, like I, I got stuck on, wait a minute, you said to put it on my like page and share it with my personal page. Share it, share it to your personal page. So share it to my personal page, which I've been doing the contrary. I've been putting on my personal page and sharing with my like page. 
So I like yeah, that other, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and by the way, 99% of people either do what you're doing or they just put it on their personal page and uh, just forget about their like page. And that doesn't give you any traffic, unfortunately. You're basically building a, a personal page that doesn't need to be built. Wow. Uh, that is, uh, you know, that's powerful information right there. Okay, that's it. I'm glad we have the show. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that, <laughs> that's really amazing. That's my aha moment right now. Um, so what is social media photography? How does that fit into all this? Well, really, I'm really glad you asked that question, young lady. Social media photography is actually a word or a phrase or name of uh, an industry that we actually created. There was no such thing as social media photography before the Umbrella Syndicate. And if you Google it, I don't know if you'll still find that terminology, but that terminology has been around for us almost since uh, 2000. So we've had this terminology for three years, and what it is is taking a photographer and making them a social media photographer. And that sounds like it's really simple. You just take a couple words and put them together, and presto, you have it. But a photographer in, in nature is a person that is somewhat introverted, they take pictures for a long period of time at the event. You don't know what pictures they're taking. They uh, they disappear, and if you've interacted with them and said, hey, uh, I'd love to see those photos, or can you send me a photo, you might as well just go to Las Vegas and use a slot machine because that's the chance you're going to get of getting that photo. And that's not to be mean to photographers. I, I love photographers, but my reality and my experience is that to get a photo from a photographer is like a crapshoot. It's, it's like you're better off just gambling. Okay? So yes. social media photography is the exact opposite experience. A social media photographer, when they're there, you know they're there because they come up to you. Orly, when I was in your expo, did I come up to you and show you every single photo I took of you? Everyone. No. Oh, yes, did I did. I did. Every time I took a picture <laughs> of you, you made me look oh, bad. Oh, of me. Yes. Bye-bye. Of bye. me. Oh, bye bye. I'm sorry. Of me. I get it. Okay, yes. Of me, yes. Okay, so yeah. every single person at that event, I actually took their picture and I spun the camera around so they could see the photo. And oh, wow. I, I want to I want to ask you, am I telling the truth? Am I telling the truth that I showed the, my camera to everyone? Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, showed, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The reason absolutely. I this is the, this is the most important facet of a uh, social media photographer. Social media photographer is engaging in the audience, engaging with the audience. And the reason yeah. this is so critical is when I showed you your picture, I told you the photos will be up on the Health and Wellness Expo the following day. Mm -hmm. yes. So if you don't know what your picture looks like and you don't know where you're going to find them, that would make it very difficult for you to ever get those photos. So our commitment is threefold. One is that we let people know that the pictures are going on Facebook. Number two is they see the photo so they can decide right there whether they like it or not. And if they like it, obviously, we're going to post it. If they don't like it, which is rare, we delete it. And then the third part is that we're going to let them know that it's tomorrow, the next day. That is mm -hmm. very fast. Yes. That was very <laughs> um, impressive, by the way. Yes, it was very impressive. And so the, the, relevancy, the relevancy of a social media photographer with viral campaigns is, like, massively connected, whereas a photographer with social media, there's a major disconnect. A photographer may take a week, they may take two months, and – I've heard even in cases that they've taken upwards of two years to get photos to a client. This has no connection to social media because social media is all about relevancy. It's all about timeliness. It's all about what is happening now. People, like when you post on your Facebook page, 
it is typically something that's happened within 24 hours, typically. Like you don't say, oh, I forgot to post uh, a year and a half ago. I had the best time with my daughter eating ice cream. Like that just would probably never happen because you would talk about what happened that day. So a social media photographer should be hired for every single event that you want your social media world to experience, to know that you bring value, that you want all these brands to actually get exposure. So if you get sponsors to, to pay for your event and you don't have a social media photographer, you have no proof that that event was actually seen, experienced, or statistically their brand was ever seen. So what we do is we make sure all the sponsor signs are photographed and that they're prominently shown in the beginning of the album and the end of the album, which is where your memory's highest, so that mm-hmm. you could actually statistically show the sponsors, hey, this event, um, maybe it had a thousand people at it, but your your signage was seen by ten thousand people because of the yeah. social media viral campaign, and that's critical. Mhm. Absolutely. So, Ken, how can people reach you if they want, you know, to hire you or to have you help them as well? I understand you had a very nice offer earlier, but also. If they want to reach you and, and actually hire you, what do they need to do? Um, they can actually go to our Facebook page, look at uh, – they can look at our albums and see that we post uh, events every single day. But that lovely little message button, when you hit the message button, just say, I would like to have a trial uh, 30 days just to see what you can do with our like page. Or you have an event coming up and you'd like us to help you promote it and be involved in, in helping you with the event. All those things we can help you with. Uh, just by hitting that message button. If you do write us, uh, you can write amplify at the umbrella syndicate.com and that will reach our, uh, our operations person. And if you want to go to our website and hit contact us, that will be the, the last and best ways, best place to check us out. Awesome. So, wow, we are learning about photography, um, going viral, sending a message, not making mistakes, going to your, posting on your like page and sharing with your personal page, which was my aha moment so far. Um, Let's continue talking about what do you utilize books to create viral campaigns? Well, if you have a book, um, I will just say that it's usually a disappointment to yourself that you put all this time into making this beautiful book and then you have... On average, this is uh, based on um, stats that I've gotten from other uh, experts in the field of publishing and also through Google, is that you're averaging roughly about 50 books that you've sold. And that's a pretty disparaging number when you consider all the effort that was put into making the book. And a lot of people give their book away because no one will buy it. So when you look mm-hmm. at all that together, it's, it's, really, it's really a depressing venture to go and make a book. And if you make an e-book... I think it's even sometimes worse because you have to give away that, that book content. You never make any money, and no one even takes you seriously because an ebook doesn't cost any money to make, so anybody wouldn't put much value on it. So I, I think the, the problem most authors have is they think that they wrote this great book and that they only have to show it to a couple people, and the couple people are going to tell the world, hey, listen, this book is amazing. But your number one best-selling books and your number one movies that were based on books, they all have something in common. They had a phenomenal marketing campaign. They had a phenomenal social media campaign that allowed them to hit enough people that there was a tipping point. And my favorite, one of my favorite books is The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. And if you have not read it, it will illuminate you 
as to how much effort actually has to happen with something great for it to finally tip. So, for instance, to give you an idea, I did roughly seven months of shooting events for absolutely free, did not charge anything, and finally my company tipped that we started getting people saying, hey, we'd like you to do it for us or we'd uh, tell us more about your company. So right now my Facebook page, uh, you had said earlier that it reaches about 40,000 people a week. That that talking about of roughly four to 5,000 people a day yields us about four or five events or jobs a day. And that's uh, – that's not a high conversion. That's that's well well that's well under one percent. But the the fact of the matter is, most of those events pay us very handsomely to be a part of their event, and that's a Facebook page that has tipped. So our Facebook page actually gives us our income. And if you do the math, we are talking about a Facebook page that's doing well over ten thousand dollars in production a day for us with the the average sale that we get. And we anticipate that by next year that that figure will go up about three times based on our tipping projections. Yeah, and and you know what? There was a day, uh, September 25th, 2011, that I liked my Umbrella Syndicate page, and my my ex-co-founding partner liked it as well, and we had two likes. And the hardest thing about, you know, starting your initiative on Facebook or social media is that very beginning point is that you are telling the world you exist, and the world doesn't know you exist yet. So, when we finally got a couple thousand likes that were all organic, we finally were making progress of getting people to say, hey, tell me more about what you do. Because we were growing so quickly with organic likes that the organic likes were actually doing the job of tipping at a very low level. But it's so funny, back then, we were excited if we got one lead a week off our Facebook page. And then, obviously, when it started becoming three leads a week and then it became one lead a day, we're just at a different place right now with doing three to five leads a day, but I'm telling you with how much we're getting national attention and, and collaborative partners like yourself, Orly, this is really just a very small, you know, comparison opportunity than where we're going to be a year from now. When I started the Umbrella Syndicate, I had never been to the White House. I had never been involved in anything with the White House. And to date, the company, the Umbrella Syndicate, has been at the White House six times. I've personally been to the White House three times. And it's all been because we were brought in to make a uh, make an impact for a leader that was being acknowledged by the first lady or um, something that they did great that brought them to the White House, and we were allowed to be there to help show on social media that they were important. That is amazing, and you know, um, many people think about the power of one. This is a perfect example of the power of one and how you've created impact on so many people's lives and so many companies that now you are a recognized figure, and it started with those two clicks. So I think that that's a good message that our audience needs to take away. You know, um, many people talk about um, social media, and they say, well, you know, Facebook has an algorithm that actually only 6% or even lower number of your people of your friends see what you're posting. Can you talk about algorithm a little bit and how it works? Sure. Uh, it, it's pretty complex in one sense uh, from the formula standpoint and how it's, the code is done, but it's pretty basic from a standpoint of uh, the psychology of it. So Facebook is just basically saying, if you post something and no one likes it, then it probably isn't important, so why should we let other people see it and have Facebook be boring? So if I post something like a quote or a picture and in literally a minute five people like it, Facebook gets 
uh, the impression that one, it's relevant, and two, that it's timely. So the timely part is important because if Facebook starts seeing the likes dissipate and then they start getting really slow, then the story fades away. But if the likes continue to go viral, so to speak, then the algorithm continues to be shifted and manipulated for good so that Facebook is showing relevant content and people are happy that they're seeing this relevant content. I'll give you an example of something. Uh, I, I think this might be something we're going to talk about later. Do we have time to, uh, to break into another story? Yeah, 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 definitely. Because it is relevant to this algorithm. So what happened about uh, two months ago now is I was at a wedding, and I do the social media photography for my DJ business and my entertainment company. So we had, a, you know, the, the dance floor was full. Everyone was having a great time. And the way you measure an entertainment company's effectiveness is by how many smiles you see and how many people are on the dance floor. And so I was just shooting away and thinking, like, my bride and groom were going to be so happy to get the photos the following day. And unbeknownst to me, um, the photographer had had the bride and groom sign a, an agreement that said that they were the exclusive photographer. And I was not aware of this, and the bride and groom did not make me privy to this information, so they may not have been aware of it either. But the bottom line is, when I shared the photos the next day, the bride and groom were static, and so were the bridal party, so they shared it like crazy. But what also happened was the photographer caught wind of the fact that they had broken this exclusion, uh, exclusive uh, clause, exclusivity clause, I'm sorry. And the, this photographer did kind of the opposite thing. They shared it in photography blogs that I was this horrible person and that I had broken the exclusivity clause, which I was not aware of. And so the photographers actually created almost a cyber bully type of experience for me. They were they were taking her side and not looking at the big picture that there could be a, a, a second side, i.e. the bride and groom's side or even my side. It's, it's quite obvious a bride and groom would never say, hey, bring your camera and photograph this so we could have a major war on social media the next day. So I'm, I'm pretty clear that the bride and groom were unaware of this clause, but I, I don't know that for a fact. So my bottom, the, the point is, though, it went to 30,000 people that day. 30,000 people saw those photos because it was such a hot topic that I had photographed had an exclusivity clause and I, that I had broken it. So next thing I know, it's picked up by a blogger who has 700,000 um, followers, and they do – uh, they do a story on me in the, in the uh, incident, not necessarily on me, but on the incident, and they interview me. And next thing I know, my name in this story is so big that it's going national. It's, tr it's almost trending. So Forbes picks it up, and Forbes calls me and interviews me for an hour. They run it the next day on a three-day weekend, Memorial Day weekend. And just in case you're not aware, because I wasn't aware of this, if Forbes writes an article it has to be viewed by a thousand people for it to be considered a relevant and successful article on social media. Does that make sense? Yes. So if they hit 3,000, which is three times that goal, it's considered a home run. Well, because uh -huh. this story was so hot, I knew it was going to do very well. It didn't just do well. It became the number one article on Forbes that week for entrepreneurs. 63,000 views, 13 oh. pages of, con uh, of, of uh, questions and comments. Uh, not I'm sorry, just comments. But my point is, the value of that particular publicity was actually about $50,000. And I got that from simply the algorithm being shifted on Facebook on a very controversial topic. And so out of that, I always look at things that happen, uh, whether they're good or bad, to how they can be powerful. So this was something that happened that was technically bad, and I, and I wondered how could it be powerful. And so I came up with this. If brides and grooms are not aware they're signing, signing an agreement that 
requires them to use a photographer and only that photographer in an exclusive manner. That means that they're actually being punished and not allowed to have any of their uncles, aunts, or other vendors share their happiness and love. So I created a campaign called Freedom to Capture Love, and I started a like page on it. And it's actually doing very well. We've, we've made shirts, we've made business cards, and we've gotten really almost all non-photography people to thank us. And that is probably one of my biggest power of one um, uh, initiatives that I've ever done because it's not popular to to rock a boat. It's not popular to take on an industry. It's certainly not popular to uh, piss off a lot of people. And I'm not saying that I wanted to do that, but it's absolutely wrong that a bride and groom that spends $50,000 on their wedding day, spends a year planning their day, has a photographer tell them, I have an exclusivity clause. You sign my agreement, and because you sign my agreement, I'm either going to sue you or I'm leaving this event because you have another photographer here. And that's what the exclusivity clause states. It states you can only have one professional photographer there, and if another photographer is there with professional equipment, that they can either walk off the contract or they can sue you. And that is crazy. <laughs> it's dangerous crazy. and it's anti-customer service. Oh, amazing. Can you believe we're almost done with the show? I mean, we just have a few more minutes. I am so sad. <laughs> because I could talk to you for hours on this topic, especially that it touches all of us and our businesses and how we brand ourselves and how we 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 want to uh, increase our revenue and we want to increase our productivity and yet sometimes we just think that we don't have time for posting and 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 nurturing the social media aspect and then hiring somebody like you um so how often should we post when we don't know what we're doing? And, um, yeah, go ahead. So Scott Stratton, who had wrote a book called Unmarketing, uh, was probably the most brilliant person for uh, explaining how often. He says, as often as you have something important to say. And I love that answer. Then the second question was, the second question was, how long should your post be? He says, as long as you have something to say. So he is a a very brilliant (laughs) guy. I I love him. But (laughs) I, I, I I want to say that when you're posting, uh, the reason people don't post or the reason people don't do social media is they use the excuse, and I say the excuse because it's not true. They say, oh, I don't really have time to do social media. If you really break that, that, that phrase down or that excuse down, what they're really saying is I, would, I do other things that are more important than social media because social media is not important to me. That's what they're saying. And the second part of that is they're saying social media doesn't give me any value, so I don't spend time doing social media. And the reason I say that is if if someone did social media and it made them an extra $100 a day or $1,000 a day, they would find time magically for social media. And sure. and that's the true test. That's the true test of that excuse. So if I tell people that I don't have time to go to the gym, i.e. your health and wellness expo, if someone says, hey, if you go to the gym every single day, you'll lose like a couple pounds a week and you're going to be in phenomenal shape, you'll live longer. And I say, yeah, I just don't have time for the gym. What I'm really saying is Everything else in my life is more important than my health and my wellness. That's what I'm really saying. And if, and if I hear myself using that excuse and telling myself that truth, then I have to acknowledge that I have a problem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You really hit it over the nail, that's for sure. <laughs> um, the head over the nail, or the head on the nail. You know, I have still trouble with that expression, so I'll just stop using it. Um, we are a few minutes <laughs> Just before the end of the show, I want I want you to please tell people one how to reach you again, how to get in touch with you, uh, and the offer that you're having. You have a couple minutes to do that, so go ahead. 
The way to reach us is on Facebook at the Umbrella Syndicate. And if you go to our website, you can use uh, theumbrellasyndicate.com. Uh, hit it the contact message uh, or on Facebook or our website and just say that you'd like to uh, try what we do, which is Amplify, and then give us the page that you want us to Amplify, and we'll have a conversation of what you're trying to create with your social media. And we will take on a one-month uh, look at how we can build your page and make it more relevant. With uh, regard to uh, making a book, I believe every, bo- every person in the world has a book in them, and if you leave this earth without at least writing a book for the people you love, you're really missing the boat because we can't download our brains, we can't download our thoughts and our wisdom. So we love to publish books, and we are on a mission to publish a book for every leader, but also for every person that has wisdom that they want to share that makes the world a better place. That is so beautiful. Um, and I will definitely talk to you on the cruise about that one. Um, <laughs> so... Um, Ken, you know, we've talked about so many things and you have such amazing messages for people to basically get on the bandwagon, start posting, put things that are out there that are relevant and that are, you know, interesting for you to write if you believe in something and then support others that are doing uh, as well for the world to make it a better place. What is the one thing that you want to really people, you want my audience to take away today that is going to shift their business uh, for the, you know, if they're planning their their 2016 year, what is it that you would tell them, this is the one thing I want you to take away today? Well, I have to do a part A, part B, but part A is that you are more powerful than you think you are and that challenging yourself to be more powerful you will always be happy with the result because you will be more powerful. The second thing is the message of collaboration. I have a new definition of partnership, which I'm going to be writing a book on probably next year or two, about a true partnership is when you both are competing to give more to the other. And if you're in that agreement that you're both going to be powerfully giving to each other, your partnership will never uh, have atrophy. It will never decrease and it will never be uninteresting. If I call you every single day or early or every single week and I'm contributing to our business relationship and we're creating abundance, you'll never be bored of this uh, of our partnership and neither will I. Exactly, absolutely. And so what would be the first step for people to create that? The first step is uh, writing down the kind of uh, partner you want and what, why that partner is going to be someone that you can commit to. So uh, I, I think you met Gisela at the New York Health and Wellness Expo, and yes. she she's a person that loves to make a difference in the world. She's not money-driven, but she's abundance-driven, so she does want to create a tremendous amount of abundance, but she wants to make a difference in the world, and I, I said, hey, tell you what, why don't you play? She said she'd been watching my company for two years, so I thought that that was a very good sign that she actually has patience, and she also is someone that's analytical, so I like those aspects, but I said, why don't you come into my company for a month or even three weeks, and just see what there is here for you. And if you find that there's something here, let's have a powerful conversation about how you'd be a partner in the Umbrella Syndicate because I was looking for leaders for the Umbrella Syndicate because if you're going to be an international company, you can't do it alone. You have to have an amazing team. You have to have an amazing network and structure to be scalable. So I think the steps are to – I know we're running out of time. I think the best thing thing is to read powerful books so that you can integrate that knowledge into yourself and take action on it. Ken, I want to thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you for our listeners today. Thank you again, and I hope you come back, Ken, because we want to have you back again 
Um, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you to our listeners. We'll see you all next time. Love you. Love you too.